What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Unreal Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Wood, a.k.a. the Unreal Devin Wood. You know what it is. You know how it goes. Welcome to episode 16. Uh, my apologies for having taken a week off, but life has been super duper hectic. Uh, I've been working lots of overtime at work, plus just started working a second job again for a few hours a week, so it's been hectic, but I am back, and uh, I'm going to open up this episode with a bit of an interesting story. So... I'm at work at my other job. I'm at Burlington. That's where my second job is. I used to work there before for a few years full-time, and then I stopped working there, and now I'm there part-time again just for a couple hours a week. But anyway, so I'm at work at Burlington, and I get a call from my sister, and she's like, are you home? And I'm like, well, no, why? And she's like, well, the, the police are at the house, and they're demanding to speak to one of us. So I'm like, what the fuck's going on? So I'm like, I don't, I don't know what this is about. And she was like, well, I'm, gonna, I'm on my way back there now, so I'll figure it out. So then, and she was with my mother, so my mother calls me, and she was like, yeah, the, uh, it, it was not regular police, it was like the environmental police or something, but th- she was like, the police are here, and they're asking about this and this and that, da, da, da. she said something about a couch or something, so I'm like, what the fuck, then my mom's texting me, and she's like, yeah, they, they have a dog with them, there's three of them, I'm like, what the fuck is going on, so I left early, I flew back home, I get there, and I go up to the cop, and I'm like, yeah, what's going on, I'm Devin, and he was like, oh, well, he's like, this doesn't involve you. And I'm like, well, I just got a phone call saying you were demanding to speak to me or my sister. He's like, oh, yeah, well, we got to figure it out. It doesn't concern you. Don't matter. You're uh, don't worry about it. And I was getting ticked off right away because I'm like, all right, tough guy. Like, you know, you're sitting here acting all candid. I'm like, what is going on? He's like, well, if you want in a little bit, you can ask your sister about it. So right right then and there, right in front of my turn, my sister, I'm like, all right, what's going on? So apparently, because um, I live with my sister and her boyfriend and and their baby. And, um, they just got a new couch. We just got some new couches, some new furniture, like two, three weeks ago. And my sister and her boyfriend had taken the old one and I, I wasn't there. I don't know what they did with it. I assume they just like brought it to the dump or something, but apparently they, they got a U-Haul truck and they dumped it on the side of the road. And when they dumped it, somebody drove by, took a picture of the license plate of the U-Haul truck. And now two or three weeks later, the police came to check in on it. So I have a few concerns. A, okay, they should not have dumped it. That was just stupid in the first place. So, you know, that's fair, completely fair that they they were responsible and they, you know, should have been held accountable. Now, I can't imagine how fucking bored or miserable you must be to drive by somebody dumping a couch on the side of the road and say, oh, God, I have to take a picture. I have to take a picture of this license plate. This is unacceptable. These people are are criminals. Like, who the fuck does, who does that? And also, when they when these police woke up, when their chief, you know, went in this morning, what was that conversation like? Like, hey, chief, what do we have on the docket? Uh, well, let's see. We've got seven homicides, three assaults, uh, a bank robbery, four rapes, uh, and a illegal dumping. <sighs> well, wait a minute, an illegal dumping? Tell me more. Yeah, well, it looks like about two weeks ago, a couple of people dumped a couch off the side of the road. Oh God. Uh, we, we have to check this out. You know what? Send three units and a dog over. Like, who the fuck? They actually had the dog with them. The dog didn't get out, but I I hear that there's a dog, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I thought my house was about to get raided for drugs. I was like, what the fuck is going on? So that was that was how my day went last week. So it was it was interesting, to say the least. Um, okay, anyway, let's get into to some more serious talk. I'm going to talk about... 13 Reasons Why, and uh, I do watch the show, and I just last week finished season two, um, and 
I just wanted to talk about it personally because I think there's a, there's a few different ways to look at it. Now, I, for those of you who don't know or haven't seen yet, the very last episode has an incredibly graphic scene. I won't tell you what it's about. I'll just say it's it's something graphic, okay? If you choose to watch it for yourself, then be my guest. Or if you've already seen it, then you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so I want to start specifically with that scene. I saw there were a bunch of protests of people wanting to get the show off of uh, off of Netflix because of that scene. Now, I have a few problems with this. A, uh, at the beginning of every episode now, the, sec- the second season started, at the beginning of each episode, they actually give a warning that if you've experienced some of the subject matter, well, they tell you that it's graphic and intense in the first place, but they say that if you've experienced some of the things that they talk about, it might not be the show for you, which I thought was great because that was an issue that a lot of people had. They were saying, like, the show glorifies suicide and it does this and it does that, and it's like, well, they put that warning out there. So if you choose to watch it, or if your kids watch it, that's either on you or your or the parent, okay? It's 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 rated appropriately, and it's not like anybody's forcing people to watch it. If you take it upon yourself to view it, and you're upset with what you see, that's on you. That's flat out, that's on you. So people were protesting, you know, petitioning to get the show taken down. Now, my thought was, A, this and the scene was graphic, don't get me wrong, it was definitely graphic, but I have seen more graphic things with my eyes than than that on like other tv shows other movies um like there's definitely a lot of graphic shit out there this did not necessarily take the cake you know what i mean um and the other thing is the reason that i completely agree with with its graphic nature is because and i'm speaking from my personal point of view now i have not experienced things like you know sexual assault depression uh suicide i have not experienced personally those type of things so for people like me who have not experienced that stuff I think to myself, how could I possibly relate or how could I possibly like, you know, take it as seriously as it is if the only thing I have to go off of is just the people's accounts, which, yes, that in and of itself is graphic. But to actually see it manifest with your own eyes, that's a different ballgame. To me, that opened my eyes a little bit more. And I'm I'm a very compassionate and understanding and empathetic person, but I haven't been through those things. And to see something like that, it made me feel a little bit more for people who have gone through that stuff. I'm like, holy shit, like, this type of stuff is no joke. You know what I mean? And and I'm, again, I'm a very understanding and compassionate person, but there are people out there who are like, oh, I haven't gone through it. Like, I don't give a fuck. Or like, you know, they're going to accuse people of uh, over-exaggerating or whatever the case is. And I think those people may have even watched it and been like, wow, holy shit. Like, if that's what it's like, uh, you know, then then that's, that gives me a totally different perspective of it. So from that front, I think the, the whole show... For the purpose that it has, which is to bring awareness and start these conversations, it it has it inherently has to be graphic. How can you talk about such graphic subject matter and not be graphic? You know, and I think to myself, you know, people are have such an issue with this show, but people watch Law and Order all the fucking time. Like SVU, Special Victims Unit, focuses like specifically on like rape and sexual assault and stuff like that and they can get graphic they've gotten nowhere near as graphic as this one particular scene or even some of the other scenes in the show but my thing is like nobody bats an eye at that show because what just because they only talk about it and they don't show it that right there is the problem that's why these conversations are not happening as much because it, we're not seeing it it's just like oh well you know we're, we're kind of like pussyfooting around it we're we're tiptoeing around the problem instead of shoving the fucking problem down people's throats and forcing a conversation which i think is what the show is doing and i think again this is just my personal opinion i think that's the right way to go about it because how can we have these conversations if it's just like oh well i don't know i mean i saw this show one time and they kind of talked about it as opposed to holy shit i saw this show one time and they this this fucking crazy thing happened like that sparks the conversation more okay and 
There was even an, an incident recently with with somebody personally from my town who spoke out against someone, and I'm not even going to remotely get into that. Um, but it's like he specifically referenced the show, and it just proves that that show right there, if that show even starts one conversation, which I can say for sure in my own life that it has, then it's getting the job done. Um, and for people who think it's glo- like the, the the thing that and don't get me wrong, I have issues with it. I do have gripes with the show and I'll get into that in a second. But I don't I, again and I've not experienced these things. I never watched the show and thought to myself that it was glorifying suicide. Um, I think that and this is my gripe. I do think that one of the problems is that it, it still is just a show. And, you know, considering that it's a show. It has to do what it's supposed to do. It has to get ratings. You know, it has to, you know, lead into other seasons, you know, and, and you can you can tell by the last episode that it's leading into a third season. And I get that. Like, it's it's a show still. And they're still going to try to make their money. They're still going to try to be a show. So I had some issues because there were certain parts in the show that I'm like, OK, like you're doing this for the sake of the fact that it's a show, not for any real tangible purpose, you know, but whatever. So that's that's my thoughts. Uh, if you've seen or heard of what happened, I'd be interested to hear people's thoughts. Um, and also, this that just reminded me. Now, I can't even say for sure, because I won't be able to t- test this out until after I'm done with the podcast, but um, there's an app called Anchor. And Anchor is, like, specifically for podcasting. You can podcast right off your phone and upload, and it'll distribute it to, like, uh, Apple Podcasts. It'll have it on its own app, Anchor itself. Like, there's a bunch of different things that it does. And, um... I wanted to check it out. I might upload this to there because the one cool thing about Anchor is as a listener, you can go onto my podcast and you can leave a video or sorry, an audio message either with your opinion or a question or whatever. And I can actually put that right into the podcast directly. And I thought that'd be awesome because I haven't been able to really get feedback. And like the best way to get feedback or to, to answer questions is through Twitter and stuff. But that's the one social media site I like legit don't use is Twitter. So if people could go right onto Anchor and do it and leave audio messages and I could put that in there, that would be fucking awesome. So I'm hoping that you'll be able to do that after I post this episode. We'll see what happens. I haven't actually looked at the website from my computer yet, but we'll, we'll you know, I'll check that after this, but figured I would just say that. So that's my thoughts on 13 Reasons. I have a lot of thoughts, but I'm going to leave that to the side because this is not a, a fucking debate show. This is me and myself and I, so I'm going to leave that to the side. Um, all right. <laughs> This, the next thing I want to talk about, it was, it was actually like painful to watch and I watched the whole thing. Um, but for those of you who don't know, just recently, uh, J. Cole interviewed Lil Pump. Now they had like sort of a beef and they've squashed it and they're cool now, but I don't know if you've watched it or not. If you haven't, I I can't even recommend for you to do so because that's how painful it was to watch. But it, it, you know, just check it out for like five minutes and you'll see what I'm talking about. I, first of all, J. Cole deserves like an Oscar or something because for him to keep his patience and and like actually act like he was really that interested and engaged and he kept saying so many times like you know Lil Pump you, you a lot you know now that I've talked to you you're a lot smarter than people think da, da, da. and the whole time like I genuinely believe that Pump is like has either mental brain damage or he's just always on drugs because the whole time like J. Cole, and, you know, J. Cole's a smart dude. He, he's very articulate. And he's asking him questions, and Pump's just like, nah, man. Like, I don't know. It was, it was just like, I told him. Nah, man. Like, he was asking about a step. That he's like, 
you know, how did you feel about him? He's like, nah, man, man, fuck that nigga, man. <laughs> nah, like that's how Lil Pump talks the whole fucking time. It was so boring. It, it it was like making me tired. I couldn't. I'm like, dude, I couldn't believe that J Cole sat there with him for an hour and asked him questions. And then he he kept saying like, you know, you got any questions for me? And he's sitting there with J Cole. You got a, you got an opportunity to pick someone's brain, and you're asking things like, oh man. Like first of all, he kept just um, ping ponging back the same questions that he was getting asked. But then the only original question he would ask would be like, you know, like hey, uh, I don't know that, um, you know how you, how you really get into rap. And I'm like, the way he's talking was just bothering me so much. If you haven't seen it, please, please check. You know what? Actually, hold on. Hold on. And I, I don't think I'll, I don't know who the fuck knows if I'll get in trouble for copyright or not or whatever the case is. But I'm actually going to play a quick excerpt from it just so you can hear how he talks. So I'll be right back. Okay. I have found the specific, uh, well, a specific part I wanted to show you guys. So just, just listen to this for a few seconds and you'll see what I'm talking about. Stupid shit, you know. I just smoking weed, like the house smell like weed. Uh -huh. I retarded shit like that. And I used to get in arguments with my mom, and then you know, I used to get into it with him. But like, the house <laughs> like, weed, like, like yo. And the funniest thing was like right after that, J Cole asked him. He was like, so so basically, Lil Pump was like. How one of the reasons he hated his stepdad was because his stepdad would complain that the house smelled like weed and, you know, da da da. And J. Cole was kind of like, well, he asked him after the fact, he was like, well, imagine being his age, you know what I'm saying, and, and having your kids, you know, got the house smelling like weed. What would you think? And Pump was like, nah, fuck that. My kids didn't smell whatever, man. I'm not going to care. And I'm like, you know what? The, the thing I realized, and this is, this was an eye opener for me to just rap and hip hop in general today, is that. It's, it's run mostly by a lot of kids these days. And we have to realize that at the end of the day, they're just kids. Like, I see, like, him and some of these other rappers do stupid shit or say stupid shit. And I'm like, you know what? My, like, my first reaction is to get mad. But then I realize, like, the dude is, like, 16, 17. Like, these are rich, young, almost, I'm not going to say idiotic, but naive kids. Like, they have not even fully developed their brains yet. And they have all this money and all this fame and, like... It's just, it's interesting to see, but it's all, it's also kind of sad because I'm like, you know what? And even like the Cash Me Outside girl or like Lil Tay, all these like young, you know, social media icons who basically troll the internet for money, you know, it's, it's sad. I don't, I don't know if you guys have seen, but um, recently there were some videos that surfaced of Lil Tay. I guess it was like her brother and her mother telling her what to say in videos and they're like snapping on her and like she like looked like she was ready to cry and I'm like this poor little fucking nine-year-old girl is getting exploited for money I'm like I, I just don't genuinely believe that like a, a young teenager or like a nine or ten year old is just like really wants to actually do and say those things I think it's a lot of pressure from behind the scenes by their parents or their guardians or whoever because it's it's making them money and come on now, she's the kid's fucking nine years old. Like, you think that those cars and the houses, you think any of that shit is either hers or actually matters to her? She's fucking nine. Like, no, that's her parents or her siblings or whoever's behind the scenes pulling the strings to, to get those type of things. Like, it's not... So as annoying as these kids are, and like, they... I feel bad in the sense because you, you gotta think that they're getting, you know, they're getting exploited for money. It's It's honestly sad. It really is. But... That's my thoughts on that. If you haven't if you haven't watched the interview, like I said, uh, check it out a little bit. It's kind of insightful, but I got more insight on J. Cole, who was asking most of the questions, than I did on Lil Pump. So I thought that that was kind of, you know, kind of interesting. Um, 
I, I had, okay. I was in, I was on the way home from work two days ago and I don't really get like road rage. I really don't like, sometimes I get a little aggravated, but I really don't trip when I'm in the car. Cause most of the time, like I don't, I don't end up late places. Like usually, and I take a lot of back roads like to work or wherever I'm going. So I don't usually hit traffic, but I had the worst traffic on the way home the other day. And I, I thought to myself, how the fuck does traffic start? Like, honestly, think about it. Unless there's an accident or road work, right? How the fuck does traffic start? It's, is it just one person going so fucking slow that everything piles up? Because if, if the flow of traffic is normal and continuous, how is it even possible that traffic would start? Like, I see some people, I'm at the light, and, and I just see the way that some people drive. I'm like, you know what? Traffic just fucking simply starts off of people just going slow as shit. And... Like I said, I don't have road rage, but there are some things that really piss me off. One of them, the worst thing is when it, well, there's two things. One, when I'm on the road and somebody pulls out in front of me quickly, right, to try to get in front of me or whatever the case is, but then they drive slow as fuck after they pull in front. If I do that, and we all have done it, if I pull in front of somebody like last minute, I'm going fast because this person's going to already have to slow down because of me. But don't fucking pull in front of me and then go slow as shit. That's going to just get me mad. And the other thing I hate is when I'm behind someone and they're turning off the road and they almost come to a complete stop when they're turning. Like, how do you even need to do that? It takes them 30 seconds to fucking turn. And then I'm like, now I got to stop because I'm like, I'm assuming they're going to turn at normal speed so that I can kind of just do that slight dip around them, but to, not to the point where I'm on the other side of the road. But no, they're going so slow. I have to actually fucking come to a complete stop. So like I said, though, I swear I, I, I don't have uh, road rage. You know, sometimes I do. Anyway, um, what else was I? Oh, I was on I was on Instagram the other day, and I saw, I forget who it was, some celebrity posted a picture, and it was just, it bothered me because the picture was so fucking poor quality. Like, you are a millionaire. Don't fucking post poor, like, and I, I wonder if I'm the only one who thinks like this, and I know it sounds so fucking dumb, but like, you're a millionaire. Don't post shitty quality pictures. You you don't have an excuse. Go out and buy yourself a $1,000 fucking camera if you need to. Or, like, buy a new phone. Like, a fucking Samsung or an iPhone takes better pictures than some of the shit I've seen. I'm like, what are you taking these fucking pictures on? Like, flip phones? I don't understand. So, to all the celebrities and wealthy people out there, stop posting shitty pics. It's not fair. Okay? It's not. Uh, what, what do we got next? Oh, alright. Oh, this is, this is a topic... I really can't remember if I've already touched on it before or not, but this is something that I think is applies to every person ever, and it's about communication issues, um, and I think about this in many ways. So one thing is I think that the way that we talk to people, like verbally, in person, or over the phone, the way that we talk to people so heavily impacts the outcome of certain situations, and I think to myself um, as, like, boss or manager or supervisor to employee. I think of that type of conversation. Now, where I work, my main job, I'm a manager. I'm a residence manager. And um, I talk to my staff like human fucking beings because that's what they are. I don't ever... I manage. That's what I do. I'm there to do exactly what they do and just handle the more important stuff. Like, that's that's basically it. Like, I'm not there to be fucking better than nobody. Um, and I, I one of my old um, supervisors taught me this one thing. He was like, it's the boss versus leader thing. A boss, and I've seen this, there was this one picture, and I'm sure we've all seen it. Um, 
it's like somebody pointing at a bunch of people to do work while they're like sitting on this chair and then the other one when that was supposed to be boss and then the other one which was leader was a person in front of everybody working doing the same thing and that that resonates with me so well because I want to be a leader. I don't want to be a boss. I want to be a leader. I want to I want to lead by example. Like I still do all the same shit I always did and then some. That to me is what being a, a leader or a manager or whatever the case is. That's what that is. So now I think about the way that people talk to people, right? Um and let's let's think for example of somebody who made a mistake, right? To say, you know, the way that I would approach it is like, hey, by the way, I noticed that there was this mistake, you know, just so you know, this is the way it's supposed to be done. It's no big deal, but uh, just make sure, you know, try to stay on top of it next time. Something like that. That's how I really do communicate. Other people are like, they, you know, they, they uh, crucify you for making a mistake, you know. Well, you should know better. It shouldn't be like this and da 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 And I promise you that a person's morale and work ethic are going to rise when you talk to them like they're human beings and you let them know that everybody's human, we all make mistakes, and you show them what was wrong, they're going to be better next time. If you talk to somebody like they're completely wrong and you make them feel like shit for making a mistake, they are only going to get worse because they're going to feel demoralized and and they're going to be panicking or they're just going to stop giving a fuck, honestly. It's interesting because all the people that I work with now, we all worked under somebody and then she and, and she was terrible and then she doesn't work there anymore now. And I think to myself how much different it is, even for myself, like when you come into a work environment, when you just don't want to be there or you don't want to be working for the person you're working for, it's just deflating. You don't want to be there. And then how can you possibly be the best worker that you can be when you don't even feel like working in the first place? You know, it's you can't. So that's one version of communication errors. Another version is... Um, is what you mean versus a person's interpretation of it. And this is why I, I always say, if you're going to talk about something very important or if you're going to argue, don't do it over text because the way that people interpret things, it could be way, way different. Um, you know, like, for example, me personally, like, I say, like, okay, I'll just write, like, the word okay, and I mean it like that. So if somebody says, like, you know, hey, I'll, I'll be there in a little bit, I'm like, okay. That's how I'm saying it. Now, somebody can interpret it as, like, hey, I'll be there in a little bit, okay, or, like, okay, you know what I mean, like, when you text, you can't use, like, tone of voice and inflection and, and things of that nature, like, you can't do those things so that somebody can actually understand what you mean, it's just all, it's completely open for interpretation, um, you know, I'm trying to think of another example, or, like, all right, for example, if, if somebody was to ask me, like, you know, what do you want to get to eat over text, and I replied something like, um, you know, I don't care, it don't matter to me, we can get whatever, that's how I would mean it when I text it. But somebody might take that as like, I, I don't care. Like, whatever you want to get, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's so, it's text messages or any sort of written language is just too open for interpretation, in my opinion. So, again, if it's something important, um, don't do that shit over text, especially arguments. Because, like, I've gotten into so many arguments where after the fact, you realize that whatever message that started the argument was something that was just completely taken the wrong way. It was completely just misinterpreted so you know say what you mean mean what you say and don't do it over text because you're gonna get yourself into some trouble um what else is on here i for some reason when i was writing topics down i thought i was gonna be here for a lot longer but i'm now starting to wonder if i'm running out of topics for this episode oh okay oh wait 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 what's this oh, okay all right okay all right okay okay so, I wanted to talk about also um, competing for a person. Like, 
for a man or woman that you want to be with. Um, me personally, I'm never, uh, ever, 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 ever going to compete with another man for a woman ever. Uh, I don't care how much I love the woman. I'm never competing. Um, if you, if you, or, you know, or if I'm already with a woman, um, if you could take my girl, uh, have her ass because if you could take her, then that means that she ain't for me. Uh, the way that I see it is if I'm with somebody, um, you know, I'm doing everything I can. I'm doing what I can. I'm being me. And when I'm with somebody, I believe to myself, being me is enough to keep this person around. So, you know, that being said, I'm not competing with nobody. I don't care how much I love you. If a person's going to make you compete, like, think about it. That just makes me feel like that person thinks to themselves, okay, well, it's not about how I care about the people. It's not about who I actually love. It's about, well, who's going to do more for me? And if that's all you give a fuck about, then you, I, I lose. I'm throwing in the white flag. You got that fucking, you know, competition. You, you can take that. Um, and I think it's interesting because I think as a whole, in general, I think men are usually like, nah, fuck that. Like, it's, it's, it's me or nobody else. Like, if you want to, if you think I'm going to compete with somebody, forget it. You got it. But I have seen a lot of times, and no, this does not apply to every woman, but I've seen a lot of times women almost thrive off of competition. Like, women, I, I think that, I don't know if it's that, like, you know, that territorial aspect or what it is, but, you know, you think to like, I've, I've actually had multiple friends tell me like, oh yeah, you know, I, I just, you know, I got, I hooked up with my ex recently and I, and I just fucked him so good. Like, I mean, I wanted to let him know, like, you know, I'm still the best you've ever had. Like I'm still better than her. And I'm like, I would never think that to myself. Like if you, if, if you, you know, if I'm with you and you've had better, all right, then like, then you've had better. And then I'm not competing with nobody. Like, I don't know. That's just, and, and, the thing too is like so many men will purposefully pit women against each other because they know that like women are going to go way harder in the heat of competition. I think men for the most part are just like, mm, no thanks. Like I ain't competing for you. Um, that's just from what I've seen personally from the people that I know. I mean, it might not be the case, but you never know. Um, and to piggyback off of something I had just said a minute ago, which was like, you know, me, me knowing that what I'm doing is enough to keep my woman around. Um, I think the, the issue with a lot of men is that so many men are so insecure that they don't have what it takes to keep a woman around, right? And it ain't just good looks and money. I'm talking about, can you provide her with good conversation? Can you make her laugh? Can you be there for her? Can you care for her emotionally, romantically, physically? Can you do more than just, you know, bring some money and some dick to the table? Um, and I think a lot of men get insecure about that. So instead of rising to the occasion and saying, I'm going to be the best man I can be. You know, I'm going to do what I need to do to make sure that my woman stays with me. Instead of doing that, the easier and quite frankly, more effective method is, um, to make a woman fear leaving them. So they will, they will fear monger women into staying with them. I mean, if you really, really think about this and you women, women listening out there, you've probably been there a time or two where you know somebody who has like from a, an insecure man standpoint, He's going to break you down and treat you so bad to the point where you feel like he's the only thing that you deserve. And that's that's scary. And I know a lot of women, a lot of women who have been there. But again, that all is comes from the deep rooted insecurity that that man has. And it's sad because it's like, my man, just do Just be a better man or just stop fucking trying to get good women who, you, quite frankly, you don't deserve. But instead, it's like. I'm going to make this woman feel like shit. I'm going to break her down. I'm going to destroy her to the point where I'm all that she knows. Getting treated like trash is all that she knows. And she's going to stick the fuck around because it's because we find comfortability in what's familiar. That's what it is. Like, 
even if it's not good, we stick with what's familiar because we know it. It's all we know sometimes. And I feel like a lot of times for these women, that is all they know is just being just broken down. You know what I mean? And it's sad because then when they come across a good man, they actually can't even, they can't handle it. And I'm not saying that they're not, you know, they're not able to be the good man, but I'm saying that they, they don't even know what to do with it because it's so different from what they know that they think that is what's wrong. It's not about what's good and what's bad. It's about what I know and what I don't know. And anything I know is good and anything I don't know is not okay. And that's, it's, it's sad to think about, man. It really is. Um, and you know what? It's a vicious cycle because the world is just full of hurt people trying to hurt other people to compensate. You know what I mean? Like we go through stuff and I always talk about like, you know, how do you handle getting heart, your heart broken? Are you going to, you know, wear your heart in your sleeve and continue to do that and be open and give the next person a fair chance, which is what they deserve? Or are you going to keep your guard up, you know, and be cautious and treat everybody else with, you know, with, with a different approach because of something you've already been through? And it's just, it's a vicious cycle. And it's like, you know how many times I've met a woman and I, I thought to myself, you know what? I just think I met her when she was incapable of being loved. And I really feel like that. I really feel like so many women have been broken down so bad and have been through so much that they really are not capable of being with somebody who wants to actually offer them uh, good, healthy love. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's it's sad, man. And I've seen it. Um, there was, you know, there was a thing I, I don't, I wish I could pull it up, but it's just too long. But Dave Chappelle recently did a stand up, and, um, at the end of it, he talked about like this, this book that this pimp wrote. And he said how this pimp basically like what he, what, you know, what a pimp does is like, he'll be, it was like, or basically what the man, what the pimp did was he hit her and then he put her in the bath and, and washed her and cleaned her up. And she, and all she could do was thank him for cleaning her up. So what men are doing is causing the problem fixing the problem and the woman is grateful for them fixing the problem think about how twisted that is a man could punch you in the mouth and he's gonna go get you ice and ice that lip and you're gonna sit there and thank him for taking care of you that is some twisted shit man if you really think about it that is some twisted ass shit or like i saw this you know i saw this story on facebook recently it was this woman she had like cancer or something. She was very ill and she was in the hospital and the man that she was with was there every day and he took care of her and all that stuff. And she was so thankful for that. And then she talks about how she found out that the whole time he was with other women. Now this was not, at least to my knowledge, was not something that like she agreed with or knew about. She, it was something she found out that he was being unfaithful. And she still said like, I don't even care about that. Like this is the only person that was there for me. And I'm like, man, this is a, <laughs> this is a fucked up world we live in because all a dude has to do is take care of something that he already caused to be seen as like a good man. It's crazy. It's, it's, you know, and even, even, even if the words are sorry for that, even as the words are coming out of my mouth, I'm sitting here thinking how fucked up it really is. Like I wish I had, um, you know, the, the Dave Chappelle clip where he talks about it, but I'm like, man, that's some cold shit right there. If you really think about it. So if all you men out there listening to this shit, all you fucking honestly cowards that do that shit, cut it out, right? Like, I'm gonna tell you something. I've seen my mom go through it, and I've seen women close to me go through it, and uh, I just I couldn't imagine being somebody like that. I could not imagine myself as being somebody who feels so poorly about myself that I feel like I have to destroy other people around me to feel better. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's just some fucked up stuff. So I don't know. Just just don't do it, man. 
So I think that's where I'm going to end this one. Um, I wanted it to be longer, but once again, in typical Devin fashion, I was a bit ill-prepared. So anyway, uh, hopefully I'll get this up on Anchor, and if so, it'd be dope because then you guys can talk to me, and I can also do joint podcasts with people through the app. I'm still learning, checking it out, but we shall see. Anyway, I will talk to you guys next time. Peace.